0: Hi, this is Ben Lowell, and welcome to Back to the Bible Canada with Dr. John Newfeld. Well, to close up this week, we're going to look into the book of John, John chapter 10, verses 1 to 10, as Dr. Newfeld brings us a message from his series, The Crossroads, entitled, Why Some Can See.
1: I recently had a conversation with a woman who was about my age, and she told me that she was raised in a Buddhist home. She was in her teenage years. She was about age 15. She heard the good news for the first time. It was her very first exposure to Jesus. She'd never heard of him before, but that's all she needed. She surrendered her life to Christ immediately. She'd never looked back. One time, that was it. She could see immediately. Well, some time ago, I read an article about the then very famous philosopher, Anthony Flew. Anthony Flew was raised in a Christian home. His dad was a Methodist pastor, and at the age of 15, he became an atheist. And at the time of the article, Flew was then 81 years old, and he recently announced that he had changed his mind. He said about God, I was wrong. He also said, I'm intrigued by Jesus. And then he even went on to say, the evidence for the empty tomb is, in his words, considerably better than I had previously thought. But he said he had no intention of becoming a Christian. He said, when I die, that's going to be the end. Indeed, as far as I know, Anthony Flew has died, but he died without receiving Jesus' offer of eternal life. Well, that's curious, don't you think? I mean, how is it that when some meet Jesus, they're going to say, I see, I get it, and others don't? Now, let me be honest. It took me personally some time to see it, and I know some are like myself and others. Well, they get it instantly. Others never do. And we've just examined the account of the healing of a man born blind. The man believed, his parents did not. The Pharisees threatened excommunication on anyone who believed, and a lot of others simply didn't want trouble, and they never asked the big question. But then we come to John 10. As John writes, he wants us to remember this matter of Jesus giving sight to the blind man. Some receive, and some reject, and some are enemies, and some are indifferent. What do we make of all of that? So to all of these questions, John introduces us now to a teaching of Jesus. So let's begin John 10one to 6. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now, before we dive right into the story, I want you to notice several things. First of all, notice the first two words in chapter 10, truly, truly. Now, those two words are Jesus' way of saying, hey, this is really important. Listen up. And secondly, these two words never begin a new subject matter. They always conclude a previous matter. In other words, after the man had been healed, then he'd been excommunicated and had come to believe, Jesus called everyone together, the man, his parents, the Pharisees, everyone else, and told them what it meant. So John 10 is the story of the shepherd and the sheep. And it's actually an explanation of the healing of the blind man. You can't understand the story of the good shepherd unless you understand that part of it. Now, let me take you to verse six. It says, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So the story, well, it's a figure of speech. And the Greek word here means an allegory. An allegory is a story in which the characters of the story are intended to represent someone or something. In fact, the story that Jesus tells here, well, it's the story about the group that has been listening to him. And it's the story of Israel. Israel are the sheep. Now, if you're familiar with the Old Testament, you'll know that that's exactly what it says. The most famous of all the psalms, Psalm 23. Well, listen to how it opens. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside still waters. Or Psalm 100, verse 3 says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Over and over again, God calls himself a shepherd and he calls his chosen people Israel. They're his sheep. Now, that might seem surprising, especially if you were to hear that for the very first time and you actually knew something about sheep. Sheep are remarkably helpless animals. It's, it's Philip Keller in this very interesting book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Well, he says that sheep can become what he calls cast. Uh, here's what happens. A sheep will lie down comfortably in some hollow or depression in the ground. It'll stretch out and it's gonna relax and then suddenly it'll lose its center of gravity so that the sheep's feet no longer touch the ground. Then it panics and it moves its legs in the air and it bleats, but it actually can't get back up. So there it lies, feet in the air unable to roll over. Unless the shepherd rights that sheep, it will actually die there, it's amazing. they are helpless animals. And you know, Keller also says that sheep are actually not that smart. So, for instance, they are creatures of habit. Once they establish the path in which they will walk, they never vary from that path. They will eat all the grass around them by the path, but after that, when the grass is gone, well, they're not going to vary from their normal path. Even though there's grass in other places, they stay right on that barren path. So, unless the shepherd takes them to new pastures, oh, they're going to starve to death. Keller says that sheep are so dumb they will even walk into open fire and burn themselves. And sheep are also defenseless. If you're a wolf, you can take your time. Walk right up to a sheep, take the tastiest one you want. They're not going to defend themselves. And there's more. None of them are going to band together to fight against a wolf. Sheep don't attack. They just get attacked. In fact, one professor of philosophy once said that that sheep are the best evidence against the theory of evolution, you know, the survival of the fittest. Well, these guys shouldn't have survived. Well, now, that's how God addresses Israel, my helpless sheep. And like helpless sheep, they need a shepherd, one who can do three things. First of all, feed them. Secondly, defend them. And thirdly, guide them. Israel couldn't do any of that. They worshiped idols. They ignored God's provision. And they ended up being destroyed. In fact, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 9:36. He says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Now, before I go on, here's something important. Israel is a lesson book for the nations. That is, all humanity should learn from them. We're exactly the same as they are. Now back to verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Now here now is the second clue of Jesus' allegory. Israel is a sheepfold. You know, in Jesus' day, shepherds kept their sheeps in sheepfolds. There were in fact two kinds of sheepfold, and one was in the country and the other was in villages. And the one in villages would be communal sheepfolds. And what Jesus is speaking about here is one of those communal sheepfolds. All sorts of shepherds would put their flocks into a sheepfold and all the sheep would be completely mixed up with each other. Now, this is the key. Israel had many different shepherds. and they had real prophets and they had false prophets. Some were the shepherds of the zealots. They were the terrorists against Rome. Then there were the Essenes and they were kind of a monastic community. Then there were the followers of the Pharisees who taught a rigid legalism that it would get you to heaven. Then there were the Sadducees who taught, well, there's no heaven at all. And when you die, you're just dead. So get most out of life right now. See, all of these were shepherds and all of them had flocks in Israel. And these flocks made up the national and the religious life of Israel. And That's not unlike what you and I live in today. Let's say you live in a house on a street and it's in a neighborhood and over there is an evangelical Christian, and then there's a Catholic over there, and then there's a Muslim, and there's a Buddhist, and then there's an atheist that lives next to him, and and then there's the guy who doesn't really believe anything. And in the morning, the garage door opens, and these sheep, all with different shepherds, go to work and they come home. And even though they're diverse, everyone's a sheep, spiritually helpless, vulnerable to Satan, unable to find food, not sure where they're going, desperately needing a shepherd. And that's the picture, not just of Israel, it's the picture of the world. That's who people are. They're sheep and once you understand that, you will see people differently. But let's get back to John 10. When all the flocks are together in this common sheepfold, I mean, you'd think, well, with the sheepfold full and the sheep mixing, you know, I mean, they all look the same and they all say, you know, ba ba and all that kind of stuff. I mean, who can sort them out? But here's a little funny fact, sheep, know the voice of their shepherd. Countless stories tell us just that. Sheep know who they belong to, just like we do.
0: Have you heard Dr. John's latest series in the book of the Psalms, Finding Pleasure in God? Well, if you haven't, or if you'd like to hear it again, or you want to send it to a friend, We want to send Finding Pleasure in God on CD as our gift to you. We also want to include Dr. John's series on Psalm 42, To the King, accompanied by a limited edition illustration of Psalm 42 on a magnet for your kitchen, your office, or shop, all reminding you of God's faithfulness. These three ministry resources, all free as our gift. Finding Pleasure with God to the King and the limited edition Psalm 42 illustration on a magnet. To ask for your free gifts this month or to offer a gift to support the ministries of Back to the Bible Canada, call us at 1-800-663-2425 or visit backtothebible.ca.
1: I know of one story that happened during the Jewish assault of Bethlehem in the 1980s. Well, the Jewish army rounded up all the cattle in the area, and an Arab woman came out and told the Jewish commander that she had 20 sheep. Well, the commander said that he'd like to help her, but how could he sort out this mess with so many cattle? Well, the woman produced her son who was the shepherd for her 20 sheep. And he simply sang out his call and exactly 20 sheep lifted up their ears and followed him right out of the pen. And that's the key to the story. Jesus says in verse three, my sheep know my voice. That's just like Isaiah prophesied. God had a remnant, a remnant of God's own people. And here's Jesus' story. The sheepfolds have many shepherds. Some of them came that way because they crawled over the fence. They were thieves. That's the word for those who steal by stealth when no one's looking. Then there are the robbers, like those who commit home invasions. They hurt the people they steal from. Jesus is speaking now about the Pharisees. They're not the legitimate shepherds. They crawled over the fence at night. God never opened the gate for them. They steal from the sheep. They harm the sheep. They throw people out of synagogues. They threaten people. They abuse their authority. They're not true shepherds. But Jesus is the shepherd. And you know how you can tell that? He came by the door. The gatekeeper is God. He recognized him, opened the door to him. If you read the first chapter of Matthew, you'll read a long genealogy which is intended to point out that if the Romans had been kicked out of Israel and Israel was to look for its rightful king, that rightful king, the man in line for the throne, was none other than Joseph the carpenter from Nazareth. And once Joseph died, before Jesus began his public ministry... The rightful heir was Jesus. But there's more. According to John 1, verse 1, Jesus has always existed as God the Son, in the presence of his Father. And so because he is the Son of God and because he is the rightful heir to David's throne, he and he alone is the rightful shepherd of Israel. But, and this is so important, the sheep, the remnant, well, they know the true shepherd. And here's what the sheep know. They listen when he speaks. Look again at verse three. To him the gatekeeper opens, The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. You see, that explains what happened when the blind man who was healed followed Jesus. And let's say more about this, because by the time we get to verse 16, Jesus will speak about his global flock. Jesus is speaking now about Gentiles. It's a part of the greater sheepfold of the world. Wherever the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd, they respond. All over the world, in millions of sheepfolds, People hear the voice of Jesus and respond. And why do they do that? Because they're his sheep. And here's the point of application. Speak much about Jesus. Tell of his love, his grace, his miracles, his teaching, and his death on the cross to forgive all of our sins. And watch then. The sheep will pick up their ears and they're going to come. The sheep listen when the shepherd speaks. And that's how they tell they belong to the flock. But there's more about the sheep. You see, if you go to verse 3, it says, he knows each one by name. I remember years ago, a young, tall Chinese man came to church. He just arrived from China, and he was going to attend a university in our area. And someone had invited him to church, and he thought, well, that'd be a great experience. And as he entered, the choir sang, he knows my name. And in an instant, that young man began to weep. He knew instantly that the great God of heaven had known his name and was calling him. And he came forward and he gave his life to Christ on the spot. See, that's what we're talking about. His ears perked up and he rose and went forth and followed Christ. Now to verses 4 and 5. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Following Jesus has always been an act of trust. You know, sometimes the shepherd leads us into unfamiliar territory. Sometimes other shepherds will be calling. These are the shepherds who call us to a life of, let's say, sensuality. These are the shepherds who call us to pursue our own ego. Sometimes they lead to a life of anger and hatred. These are the shepherds that call us to to various philosophies and religions. In fact, there are so many shepherds, wouldn't you agree? but Christ's sheep will not listen to a stranger. I don't think the world understands that, but it is true. I was speaking to a man some time ago and he told me about his first years in the University of BC. He was doing pre-med studies back then. He was living in the UBC dorm. There are lots of drinking and lots of sex and lots of night parties. Though so this man would put a scripture verse, not just one, but verses on his door, and he would mark out that he was a believer. Why? Because he had another shepherd. And he then told me two of his fellow students consequently gave their lives to Christ. <laughs> and that leads us to another question. Why doesn't everyone see? Why doesn't everyone follow? So let's listen to John ten seven to 10. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. There are actually two kinds of sheepfolds in the time of Jesus. There was the sheepfold that you would find in the town, which was made up of sheep from a number of different shepherds. But once a shepherd called his own sheep, then they would follow him and he would lead them out to graze. And then if he had gone far away, well, he might not take them back to town, but to a sheepfold in the open country. And it was was usually made of stones and it had an archway for an entrance, but it would have no door. Now, that's the image Jesus is now giving us. When evening came and it had become dark and the predators were about, the shepherds would take the sheep to an enclosure the shepherd would then actually sleep in the entrance to the door with his back on one side and his feet propped up on the other. And if you ask the shepherd, now where's the door? The shepherd would say, I'm the door. All the sheep entering into the sheepfold in that country would come through him. Anyone else could not come unless they would come through him, it's a powerful image. I think Jesus is telling us about what he's really come to do. He's come to build his church. He entered into the sheepfold of Israel, and God opened the door to him, and he called out the sheep that were his, and he led them out, and they formed a church. And he keeps on entering into sheepfolds all over the world today from every nation and tribe and people and language, and he's calling out his sheep, and all these sheep have but one thing in common. They've all come through Jesus because he's the door. You have to pass through him. Let me make something plain. You don't get to be a part of a church by joining the choir or the youth group or a small group. You get in through Jesus, he's the door. You have to come through him. You have to confess your sins. You have to surrender your life into his hands. That's how you come. And that's why once being blind, you now see. But then we come to a surprising image in verse eight. Jesus says, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. And suddenly we're back to thieves and robbers again. And here in this new pen, thieves and robbers are trying to break in and they're trying to crawl over the walls. But this is the key. All who came before Jesus were thieves. And anyone who truly belongs to the flock comes through the door. The term pastor means a shepherd. And it's a task of every pastor today to protect the sheep. That's what shepherds do. And if any pastor today is legitimate, he himself has come through the door through Jesus. And here's the charge of Jesus to all pastors. Are you legitimate? Are you submitted to the shepherd and to his word? See, I know that any local church is safe if their pastors do not teach their own feelings or their own ideas or their own prejudices or even their own uncertainties or their own twist on things. They must speak the one truth once for all delivered to the saints. I was recently asked to speak at a theological study session on an issue. And when I pointed out that the position that I was taking was the position that had been held by the Church of Jesus Christ for over 1900 years, and that it was never questioned until the last century, well, a number of church leaders, they didn't even flinch. It didn't matter to them. And theirs were the new philosophies that were in the air, they said. They they had their own ideas. See, I call them shepherds that had crawled over the fence. But here's a promise, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Abundant life. It's the full, meaningful, rich life of God. It's knowing God, it's knowing his eternal truth. It's knowing the joy and peace that comes by submitting to Jesus. Do you have abundant life? Let me ask you that. If you have, you can see, you can you can see Jesus, like the blind man in John nine. If you have abundant life, it's because you've recognized the voice of your shepherd. And you followed. And that's Jesus' call to you. Come to me, all you will listen to me, and I will give
0: you true life. You know, John, I have to say, with such a, a noisy world in which we live in, and yet the voice of Jesus cuts through the noise and we hear from him.
1: Yeah, it's something beautiful about being a child of God. I mean, it's just that The Lord speaks to us, you know. (laughs) You read the scripture and you hear the voice of God, but, you know, we just need to think back to our own conversion and think about the fact that my heart responded to him, I heard him. I mean, there were 101 voices that said, don't listen, but Christ's voice got through to us. And, you know, this is forever going to be this mystery. I think, you know, the Bible says that angels long to look into these things, and I'm sure that throughout all of eternity we will be fascinated by this idea that in a YZ world, the the kind that you talk about, Ben, uh, you know, Christ has spoken, and we have heard, we have responded. I mean, for all time, we need to give thanks to him for that.
0: Thanks so much, John, and remember to join us again next week as we conclude our series in the Gospel of John right here on Back to the Bible Canada, where we teach the Bible. Heidi wrote in to say, I discovered your program last summer, and since then, well, I've learned so much from the expository teaching of the Bible. Well, thanks, Heidi. You know, it's hearing the stories of friends like you that assures us that the Bible teaching program is making a difference. If you believe in the importance of sharing the word of God across our nation, perhaps you'd consider offering a financial gift to support Back to the Bible Canada this month, or consider becoming a monthly partner. Your regular gift ensures that the daily Bible teaching program is heard in your community and right across the country. Your gift of any amount allows the Word of God to reach those searching for truth. To send a one-time gift or to become a monthly partner, call us today at 1-800-663-2425 or visit us at backtothebible.ca. That's 1-800-663-2425 or visit Back to the Bible. Dot CA.